0: welcome back for another requires improvement you're listening to episode four how exciting four episodes in now
1: we've lasted four episodes Molly
0: (laughs) um me and Dean are back to talk about to talk about education in the news again it's still a real hot topic as they say. Um, So we're going to be looking at some specific articles and just sharing our views and um, sharing our opinions about everything that's going on at the moment. Dean, how's your
1: week? It's been all right. We got word of of our school going back um, and we're going back on the 15th, obviously with the government announcements. So we're going back on the 15th, um, only to year 10. And we reckon we're not going to have the full cohort. But the way my school are doing it, I think, is really sensible. We're only having year 10 in for two hours a day. And then they're going home. So they're coming in for period one and two. And every day has got like a different subject. So like Monday is English, Tuesday is science, Wednesday is maths. And then Thursday is like the option subjects. So I think it's done quite sensibly. So I'm only going to be teaching for two hours with year 10s a week. But it's still contact time for them. So I'm quite enjoying that idea but another two weeks before we go back just yet
0: yeah well I must admit it takes a lot but I have nothing but good things to say about my school throughout this whole process I really do feel like head teachers have had a lot on their shoulders um and particularly mine I think has really stepped up and really shown her support to her staff, and has took our safety really seriously. Obviously, I can't speak for every school, but in particular, mine, I think that the way they've handled it's been brilliant, and what they've done is really sensible. Although it is heartbreaking seeing my classroom at the moment, because it now has five tables in, and five chairs. That's really sad.
1: Really sad. Are your displays still up?
0: My displays are still up, but there's nothing... Nothing on shelves or um, like on work surfaces, so um, it looks very bare. Um, Very very bare.
1: Does your head teacher listen to the podcast? I don't know. I
0: don't think so.
1: Um, If if your head teacher does, that sounds like you're uh, aiming for a promotion there, Molly. Being like, yeah. "Yeah." (laughs) (laughs) Um, Say, Molly would like to be considered for the position of Key Stage Two lead.
0: No, I mean, credit You where credit's due. It, like I say, it takes a lot for me to say that. No, no,
1: um, mine's been the same. Our whole SLT has been, like, fantastic. And what I've really enjoyed about our school is the openness of the SLT. Like, they, the communication has been yes. thorough. And they have let us know every step of the way. Even, like, down to the point of this is what we're thinking now. This might change tomorrow. Like, they are letting us know every step of the decision, which I'm really enjoying
0: yeah, I think, I think, like I say about credit due, because, you know, for all the government have said, oh, we've got this guidance, like the head teachers really have been left to to deal with it. Like they've had to come up with their own plan for their own school, because obviously every school is different in terms of size, layout, capacity. And, um, you know, so they have been left to, to deal with it, with the I mean I say guidance very very loosely so you know it's I think they have I think everyone's done an amazing job as part of an SLT team
1: it's very frustrating isn't it um why we're still talking about the news before we move on to the bulk of what we want to talk about what do you think about Dominic Cummings
0: well do you know what's really strange because Barnet Castle's not far from where I live it's like a 40 minute drive for those that don't
1: don't know molly lives in stockton on Tees. am i right in saying that i just say middlesbrough thinking that everywhere up north is middlesbrough because that's where i went to uni sorry go on so um yeah it's
0: like a 40 minute drive and i actually did my teacher training in barnet castle like my base was in barnet castle so i used to be there all the time um how was
1: your
0: eyesight
1: you are how was your eyesight when you were there (laughs) (laughs) sorry I'm Um, I'm fuming with it all.
0: Oh, I am. But I just feel like, I think Boris had lost a lot of respect already, but he's just like, he's just signed his own notice really, hasn't
1: he? Here's a question for you, with you being an Um, up-norther. A lot of people up north voted Conservative for the first time and obviously broke the red wall. My personal opinion is next time those votes will be retracted and back to labour or to a different party what's the consensus like feeling up north do you feel like people are really dismayed by this whole thing or
0: yeah i do um i do think that obviously there's those feelings towards boris but the issue the issue with certain groups up north is if he is still promising brexit he may that may overtake feelings about coronavirus
1: it all feels very like Orwellian doesn't it like everyone was posting all animal farm quotes everywhere like all animals are equal but some are more equal than others and the drama teacher in me is like oh I can't wait to use this as a stimulus <laughs> <laughs> like, genuinely like no, the kids can sure. do something dead good here <laughs> it is um yeah it would be very interesting I think to get young people's perspective on
0: on things, because obviously they're the future, aren't they? So they're our future
1: voters. Children are the future. Mm. And that being said, Molly, as a nice segue, you have informed me today that the summer holidays have been cancelled.
0: Well, I don't know for definite, no, that's not definite. I mean, let's not, you know, let's not have
1: it. Black One Theatre spreading fake news.
0: <laughs> no, so I, I, I found an article on um, BBC News. Um, the app, and because I use apps, it's, you know, it's part
1: of what I do, and uh, <laughs> <She laughs> use apps, she's only just discovered apps along with Spotify,
0: I still haven't started Spotify in my car yet, so <laughs> <laughs> still on the menu then, well um, yeah, so I read this article the other day, um, and the headline is, Coronavirus, Summer holidays may be cancelled, warns ex-Ofsted chief. Now, it's yeah. a bit of a naff headline because he's got real no authority to say that because he's an ex-Ofsted chief. Um, but obviously, they're trying to kind of like scare everybody into say, you know, that summer holidays might be cancelled. But there is a lot of talk about that out there at the moment, um, you know, and.
1: The unions would be up in arms, wouldn't they? The unions would, like... Because we're we're not paid for the full year, are we? We're paid for hours across the year.
0: No. Um, But I continued reading the article, and um, it, it obviously just reports a lot of things that have already been said about, like, when schools reopen and, you know, the guidelines and stuff like that. But what I then went on to read was apparently this ex Ofsted inspector chief person was um on on a sky program and it says some of the things that he said and um one thing that he said was um some children including the poorest have regressed during lockdown now to me that's a pretty obvious Statement. I mean not necessarily the poorest children. I know it's obviously it's been proven that it is like that But if you're taking children out of school for 10 weeks Isn't it pretty obvious that no matter how many Google lessons or home learning or online learning that you put on the system? Yes, they are going to regress because they're in the middle of a global pandemic at home 24-7 with no access to school. So yes, because then what he goes on to say is, that's a great shame because we want every year group to have the same opportunities as the others. Well, yes, everybody wants that, but the great shame here really is the fact that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And actually, yes, we want them to have the same opportunities. We also want them to be alive to have those opportunities. So I just think.
1: The and it also, sorry.
0: No, go on.
1: I'm, I'm a horrendous interrupting. Sorry, I feel really bad. No, it's fine. But it's also, fine. you're saying about the global pandemic, but it also shines light on how broken the education system is, anyway.
0: Yeah, this is. I mean, this is an ex-offset inspector. You know those people who you know decide what grading a teacher is or a school is, and you know. But then what he goes on to say is the responsibility is with schools and head teachers when the lockdown ceases to put in place recovery programmes, which might mean cancelling holidays. What is absolutely clear is that a lot of youngsters have lost a considerable amount of time whilst this lockdown has taken place. Well, that's pretty obvious as well, isn't it? So I just... I just think, I, I've i said it on here that I thought and still think that something needs to change for September. So if they're putting us back in the classroom as normal in September, I've said on here that I thought there needed to be an adjustment to the academic year, there needed to be an adjustment to the curriculum. But clearly from what he's saying, obviously he's not, you know, he's, he's an ex ofsted inspector, he doesn't have the power to kind of say that. Uh, say what will happen but what he's basically saying there is we go back in September as normal and it's up to us to fill the gaps well if you in an average classroom on an average day there's gaps that we have to try and fill relentlessly anyway but when you've got a group of children that have lived through something so unsettling and so unnerving and have been taken out of school for 10 weeks that that's not You can't fill those gaps in in a normal academic year and still expect them to come out with meeting national age-related expectations, can you? It's just ridiculous.
1: Now, we talk about that attainment gap anyway is widening. As we were just getting as close, it's now widening. But I don't like that, like, the the responsibility being put on the teachers because obviously every teacher there... Every teacher I know will be trying their best to close that gap and to get the kids up to scratch. But there are also wider social, economic responsibilities of bringing more funding so we can get more one-to-one tuition. I would happily give up some of my holiday time to go into school and tutor students. But I also feel like I should be reimbursed for that time.
0: If, you're gonna, if you want us to tutor them over the summer, then you have to pay us for it.
1: Yeah, like I, I feel like it needs to happen, but I also feel like you wouldn't expect any of those MPs in Downing Street to do any of their job unpaid. No. And we all, we already give so much unpaid. Like even now, it's half term, and I'm still working from home just because there's so much I want to get done before we go back.
0: Well, we're still open to key worker children. We were all through the Easter holidays. We were. We are through this half term, and we've been open every single bank holiday as well.
1: And all um, that, all that's voluntary, and not one person has raised raised issue over more pay for paying us through the holidays because it's a horrendous amount of overtime.
0: Yeah, not and that, that's the thing, isn't it? It's all, it always comes back to people relying on on teachers' good nature because you don't go into the job for anything other than to to help children and 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 help other people and and it's that nature in us that just wants to wants to do whatever we physically can to make sure those children are okay and and the government and other higher-ups rely on that kind of nature and thought process of a teacher
1: they do that acro- across the public services don't they, don't they like the yeah. nhs they might have like times they do shifts and not get paid for it or stay over like it's across the public services because they're so underfunded. Mm, I
0: know and, but what boils <laughs> what makes me uh, read <laughs> is that it's an ex-ofsted chief inspector saying all this now what he's saying to me is is if you're in an educational setting if you know anything about education then it to me it's fairly obvious that yes if you take 10 children out of school for 10 weeks there's going to be a gap in their learning which is what he's saying oh it's a shame about but yeah it's a massive shame but i think i think you need to take a step back and actually realize the reason those children have been sent home is because we're in the middle of a global pandemic And it was for their safety and actually no you can't turn around and say it's our responsibility to fill ten weeks worth of gap into a normal academic year and still have them on track to make expected progress that you wouldn't ask that of any other company you wouldn't say oh you've missed ten weeks of work you've got to make that back up in in the, in a different amount of time.
1: Yeah, it's like saying you missed 10 weeks of profit, so you need to get in there and make me yeah. 10 weeks of profit Why? I'm making the same progress. So I've just Googled it, Molly. Do you know how much that man used to be on when he was the chief inspector? How much? £180,000. That's more than the prime minister.
0: I mean, and that person is saying the most ridiculous things, and but yet he is the one that probably you know makes head teachers lose sleep at night and I probably got paid
1: to write that article
0: yeah
1: oh I hate things like that you know it does my head and because people like and you think someone that's been in education should understand this to some level Mm -hmm. and understand that yes it is teachers responsibility but it's also the responsibility of everyone in our communities to help make that up and whether it be local government providing funding or sorry not even local government like the government providing more funding because if they're talking so much about how much this is going to impact young people and young people's futures they need to like look at the cuts they've already made like all of the shore stock centers got closed down um all the funding to schools my school has like two tas across six seven hundred kids
0: Well, it's that, isn't it? You know, the saying about we need to get children back into school because of their mental health. Well, you cut all the funding to mental health. You cut all the, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like
1: you know, the,
0: like the I, stuff that come into school. You cut, you cut all the funding. School nurses. Yeah.
1: School counsellors. So,
0: don't turn around and say that you're thinking of children's mental health because you're not. You're thinking of an economy. That's all you're thinking of.
1: And they want to cancel the school holidays probably because less childcare so more people can go back to work.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, they, and then yeah. they can use it as a makeup period because really we're not going to have that that season of like holiday making and people going places and spending in that way, are we? Oh, I don't know. I'm angry over that, Molly. You've angered me. I'm frustrated. I'm angry.
0: Well, I was really, I was really angry when I read it. Um, But yes, I just thought I'd share, share my anger.
1: I <laughs> know I'm angry we're all angry um, I'd be very interested to know our listeners' thoughts though and you, if you have got some opinions on this or any of the things we've talked about so far today you can get in touch via our social medias we are on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at blackboard theater UK or at blackboard UK you can even um comment or review our podcast and let us know what you think that way because it is so many like diverse opinions isn't it
0: yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying my opinion's right, I'm just, just
1: expressing my opinion. Molly said that very like. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm right, but I am right. That was the most middle class way of saying I'm not saying that I'm right, but I am. <laughs> oh, Molly, yeah. I think you're the most middle class person I know. <laughs> you genuinely are. And I love all your little sayings. It's hilarious. Right. <laughs> to to bring us on a bit more of a lighter note molly um i thought we would finish off with our recommendations um and we've been recommending theater for the past couple of weeks but i thought we could open it up a little bit to anything like um i listen to lots of podcasts that do this and i really enjoy it um like race chaser with alaska and william do their like rainbow spotlight of the week and um couldn't help but wonder. did my sex in the city podcast do like my horny for what they're horny for that week so i thought we could do like something like that and name it something fun okay what can we name it <laughs> this hasn't been prepared, by the way <laughs> this is just, <laughs> no, just anything anything this week that you would like to recommend you would like to talk about i've got mine Go on then, you do yours I so um, my one is a book I've been reading and do you know in school where you like to the kids reading is fundamental you must go home and read please read and then you go home and you look at your book selfie like I'm too tired I've actually read yeah. during lockdown amazing so I feel like I'm not such a hypocrite anymore and um, my niche market is YA young adult fiction (laughs) that is like what I like whereas you're probably like your I imagine this is your taste of books that I imagine it's probably like um Jane Austen anything classical anything that's like a romance set in like a period (laughs) of time that isn't modern that involves like Washerwomen and maids, and like gentlemen, and all that. that that's imagine what your, your reading is. Or like, um, like crime books, but not like gritty crime books like Agatha Raisin, like Who Killed Someone at the Summer Fate? Oh, do you
0: know, like, <laughs> is that not your style of book? I mean, the first one is. I don't do crime books, no, but yes, I, well, you give me a recommendation and I'll tell you what I've
1: been reading. Uh, uh, Oh yeah, sorry, I got absolutely um, (laughs) sidetracked there. So I've read this book loads and I always recommend this book to students in school, but I absolutely love it. It's called They Both Die at the End Um, and it is by Adam Silveria. I don't know if I said that right, but They Both Die at the End. It's um, a romance book about two boys who meet each other on the last day of their lives and how they spend that day together. And it is such a roller coaster of emotions. And it's such a nice book. And it's horrendous because you know what's going to happen at the end. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're reading the book and because you're enjoying these characters so much, like you're looking at how much left of the book you've got because you know what's going to happen and it's like it's heartbreaking but it's so good it's so funny, it's so heartwarming and um, so just to set the premise of the book up, it's set in a world that on the day that you die you get a phone call between 1 and 3 in the morning saying that it's your last 24 hours and you get to spend you get to decide what you do and these two boys meet each other on an app called Last Friend but it's such a good book and I'm not selling it here am I but I've really enjoyed that
0: no, I think that's, that sounds really good, Um, I just, I, I feel like you've talked about it before, actually, like when you're talking about it, it sounds, it probably. sounds like
1: i, I know, Probably, i probably rambled to you about it.
0: <laughs> no, it does sound really good, I'm just like, but I think at the moment I can't deal with a coaster of emotions, I mean, like <laughs> like, it sounds like it would be really good, but I don't know if I'm stable enough to read that at the
1: moment. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I was crying in a corner, do not worry. <laughs> so go on what's yours molly
0: well i mean not playing into dean's stereotype at all shane austen
1: um, great expectations
0: well i so i would say what i've tried to do is um i've watched if i've watched something that's come from a book i've maybe watched it again or watched it for the first time or whatever and then i've, I've tried to read the book as well just because i think quite often I'm guilty of going, oh, I'll watch the v- film version of it or the TV version of it and, you know, and then don't pick up the book. But I'd, so I, I watched Jane Eyre, you know, like, again, yeah. playing in um, And I've never actually read the the book. <gasps> so I, I did read the book um, a few weeks ago. But my next project is... Um, And still playing at the stereotype. I've just watched um, Normal People um, on BBC Three, which is just like everyone's talking about it and it's It's really popular.
1: It's very Molly.
0: Yeah, it's very Molly. And obviously it comes from a book. So I thought, well, maybe it's actually a challenge because I've seen it and now I'm going to read the book as well. And I've also read, I've read three books while we've been in lockdown. I've
1: read three books as well. Oh, there we go.
0: I've read um God I'm such a stereotype. I've uh, read the
1: PSI Love <laughs> You <laughs> One time I turned up to Molly's house and she had the um PS i Love You second one, whatever it was. Oh no, no, I'm not thinking I'm thinking of to all the boys I've loved that I turned up by the second one i was like, Oh, I haven't seen this one yet and she's like, I've watched it twelve times
0: watched it twelve times. I hadn't. That's a total lie. I have not watched it 12 times. So you're Am reading I yes, watched... I love you. Well no, I've read it. I've read someone bought me them for Christmas. Um because the... there's two books, like the first obviously the original one and then there's a sequel. So I've read both of them. But I didn't I I enjoyed the books more than I enjoyed the, the film. Um but I didn't get upset at the first one and that happened of I said, oh, no, I didn't, like, think cry or anything. Oh, that was fine. <laughs> um, but then the second one, I did cry, which, I mean, that's why I don't think I'm stable enough to read your book, because I was I was quite upset reading the second, second. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, but I suppose that's the theme I'm going for, that if I watch something, I try and read the book, because... Like I said, I'd never, I'd never read the I Love You book and I saw that, I've seen that film before, ages ago. So that's what I'm trying to do.
1: Well, I'm, I'm not going to read, read the books. <laughs> 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 Only because I've got a list. But maybe our list as well. We've got quite <laughs> a, a few yeah, lists.
0: I, def- I definitely recommend reading the books because everyone says it all the time, but you do get so much more out of it. Like, yes.
1: Molly, this has been a pleasure. I really enjoy just getting to sit and talk with you every week about no. random stuff and getting really angry. Um, so we are at the end of our podcast, so thank you very much for listening. We do upload new episodes every Wednesday, and they are available wherever you can get your podcasts, apart from Apple Podcasts, because they haven't approved us yet. But I'm working on it. Hopefully, no. if you would like to follow us, subscribe us, like us on social medias at Blackboard UK, anywhere. We're everywhere. Give us some support. Um, Keep an eye out because we're also going to be taking part as part of the Buxton Fringe Festival. And we're going to have some digital entries there. So if you'd like to see more of us from Blackboard Theatre. But thank you very much to listen to us today. And We'll hopefully see you next week. Bye.